I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protest is supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Mm -hmm. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! Those who would trade our freedom for the soup kitchen of the welfare state have told us they have a utopian solution of peace without victory. They call their policy accommodation. And they say if we'll only avoid any direct confrontation with the enemy, he'll forget his evil ways and learn to love us. All who oppose them are indicted as warmongers. They say we offer simple answers to complex problems. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war, only between fight or surrender. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold, this is empty, this is numb. The life I knew is over, the lights are out. Hello darkness, I'm ready to succumb. I follow you around, I always have. But you've gone to a place I cannot find. This grief has a gravity. It pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind. You are lost. Hope is gone. But you must go on and do the next right thing. Hello out there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to uh, a podcast. That's something new and different, right? Have you had enough? Have you had enough of podcasts yet? Because holy smack, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them, but a lot of them doesn't mean a lot of good ones. That's true, and that is including this one, my friend. Well, I think we leave that up to the listeners, right? Yes, all two of them. Just kidding. We do this podcast, the Pop and Jay podcast, not for the listeners, not for the fame, not for the glory, but for the, the, what, the, the posterity, right? For our kids and also to think. This is the Pop and Jay Show podcast, a podcast where we like to come to, to think. 
out loud. Out loud, great. Otherwise, it would be a think cast or a think something. I feel like this is how people used to get their thinking done, though, right? They would sit around and talk it out as opposed to just internalizing everything or just thinking of everything in, like, 16-second snapshots like a lot of people do these days. It's yeah. kind of lo- long-form thinking session. So welcome, everyone. Welcome. And sorry we've been on hiatus for a little while, but we've had, like everybody, lots of stuff going on. Uh, I, had another, I had another baby. So we got that here, right here next to me, baby Sam. Samantha. Uh, mhm. Yep. And we want to do. We want to start our podcast a little bit different this year. We want to start with a prayer. And I didn't know which prayer to start with, but today is the fe- the day we're recording is the feast of Saint Thomas Aquinas. Also happens to be your youngest granddaughter's birthday. She was just born a few hours ago. <laughs> Eleanor Marie. Yep, Eleanor Marie. So, St. Thomas Aquinas prayer, I got pulled up here. So, let's start in the name on of the Father. On our dock. I, I see one on our dock. Oh, you see one. Okay, okay, I'll go to that. Do that. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Short, the name and, of the... short and sweet. Father Fa- and the Son. Holy Spirit, amen. All right, gr- grant me, O Lord my God, a mind to know you, a heart to seek you, Wisdom to find you, conduct pleasing to you, faithful perseverance in waiting for you, and a hope of finally embracing you. Amen. Amen. Near the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Um, yeah, I really like that one. I uh, think that I guess at the end of the day, that's really what we're going for and everything, right? Because God is truth. That's what we're trying to get to. So good job. Great prayer. Great man. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us as we go through our topic today, which is what? Uh, I thought we were going to choose. Wait, so hold on. When last we left our heroes, they were doing doing a podcast pre-election. God help us all. And that's the last time we talked uh, in the podcast form. And things were, you know... They were whatever. We were thinking of time for choosing. America was choosing, and um, you refused to even hear the possibility of what has now befallen us, uh, a Biden administration. And worse than that, complete takeover of the House and the Senate by people who are – not that this is a partisan show as far as, like, we're not – I mean, I'm a registered Republican, but I'm it's not, not about. But I'm going, but I'm going to be. Yeah, because so I, I can, guess so. I can vote in the primaries. And so, yeah. So, anyways, it's not a partisan show necessarily, but you know, the people of the left in this country right now, the people on the Democrat Party, it doesn't leave a lot of room for Christians to join them. It used to be different. I guess you could be a Christian and have, you know. The sides were just, they were different, but there was room for good people of goodwill on both sides. Right? I guess you would say. Uh, well, and that's, I don't know when. But anyway, yeah, not, definitely not so much right now. Um, it's just, the you know, and Biden, we are Catholic, um, you and I, and supposedly Joe Biden is too. I mean, he is Catholic, actually, which makes it um, all the more 
problematic. And we're talking, like you said, we're talking about choosing, right? This is a yeah. time for choosing, even though you might say, wait, the election was a few months ago. What, what are you talking about? Has the time for choosing ended? No, no, my friends. The time for choosing has just begun, right? Well, we did give it the working title of that, and that kind of popped into my head because one of, honestly, one of the greatest speeches given by a human being ever was 1964, Ronald Reagan, uh, a time for choosing, and that's when Barry Goldwater was running for president against uh, Lyndon Johnson. And Reagan was a Gee, speaking of a time for choosing, <laughs> Goldwater versus LBJ. Hmm, tough choice. Yes, well, <sighs> Goldwater was uh, just deeply uh, traditional conservative American, and he foresaw, so did Reagan, where this whole great society thing is going, uh, the beginning of the end for so many families in the African-American community and the beginning of the welfare state, Reagan, they they foresaw all of that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was uh, an amazing speech. It's 27 minutes long. And And the speech is called A Time for Choosing, right? Indeed. And if anyone listening has not listen to that speech. You can also watch him giving it on YouTube. It's amazing. Uh, the things he says in there, it's, it's to me, it's like uh, Orwell's novel or Aldous Huxley's Brave New World or Orwell's 1984. So prophetic. It, everything he talked about in there is 10 times more relevant than it was even in his mind. I'm sure he never thought it would get to what it is now. So. It seems like um, it's like, I don't know, the writing was on the wall for lots of people um, to see. And even way back in the day, I think about things, elements of Alexis de Tocqueville's Democracy in America and the way that things could go wrong that he could see. Um, and I should have written down specific examples, but I just know that there's there's been a lot of people have seen like uh, – what could be the the down the potential downside for America that we are actually really really in the eye of the storm right now like it is it's yeah. here it's upon us all the things that could go wrong with a representative republic like ours are going going wrong right well, now it's it's actually funny that you use the R word because um, that is that is one of those words that is definitely going to disappear it's already for the most part never used. But right. the the left absolutely loathed that word. Uh, they do not like that word, and and they you know when that that hatred started for the for the republic type word was when they did the Seventeenth Amendment a hundred years ago, more than a hundred, and that was the uh, popular electing of senators instead of having them be appointed by the state legislatures. Uh, right. And and look what that's got us now. The senators are not beholden to their own states anymore because before that, if a senator was doing some of the crazy stuff we see now, the, the state legislature would just recall them and put someone else there. Um, but now all they have to do is be Santa Claus, just like every other elected 
commercial and promise stuff to people and they'll win the popular vote. Hi, Samantha. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and, and it's also uh, made them like a like a hundred celebrities out there, right? Like they're all just yeah. vying to be like a little mini president. And everybody's always running for everything, like all the time, constantly. That's all they do is run, 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 run for re-election or for election. It's always like a, it never ends. And it, and it and nothing ever gets done. Like I can't think of, like the legislature is so stupid right now. Like it's the craziest, The, the we're just in the worst situation ever. And the executive I don't know. It's all bad. So when we talk about a time for choosing and what Reagan talked about or what we're thinking about, what kind of things are we choosing or thinking about right now? Like what are our options when it feels so hopeless? Because you see all the things going wrong. You see 38, I think as of today, executive orders in like eight days or whatever of of Biden. He's at 40 now. It's just, it's crazy. It's like we have a, it's like we have a monarchy. He's just doing whatever he wants. And that's not even him. He's literally sitting there. I don't know if you saw the video or heard the audio, but at one yeah, point. Yeah, well, he said, I don't know what I'm starting. <laughs> and that voice in the background, uh, disembodied voice said, just sign it. Not even mm-hmm. a Mr. President or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one thing, several things from that Reagan speech, but. One thing in it, he tells the story about uh, this Cuban business owner that escaped Fidel Castro just in time um, and made it to America. And they said how lucky that everyone was here in America. And this guy said, how lucky you are? He said, I had some place to escape to. And in mm-hmm. that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place on earth to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. So what do you think? Do you still think, you know, what, how many years now? You know, half a century later, do you think that still is the case? Are there are there other bastions of freedom? Because, you know, the world, since it's a global you know, everything's global now and we can all move, you know, we can move now as easily between countries as we could between states. Do you think that it's possible that there, the, the actual idea of what America is, which is like an idea and a, and a, the biggest, best idea ever in the history of humans with government. Have you seen that popping up anywhere else? Um, across in in the world like i i do wonder is there somewhere else to go to texas well, is another what we saw in i think what we see is pendulums right um and eventually people who have always had some kind of freedom but they've been that frog in the pan that starts off in cool water and they slowly turn up the heat and very few frogs figure it out and jump out in time but the brit the brits did with the whole Brexit thing. It took them four years, but now it's as of what, a week ago, it's now official and happening. Uh, they didn't want to be part of that, that whole progressive European Union uh, 
thing anymore. So that was that's hopeful to me that some people, and I mean, their idea of freedom is still. Yeah, I was going to say they still are pretty blind because like when I see another thing that we can look at, in my opinion, especially with freedom and all of that in mind is how nations have handled the coronavirus. Like some people have talked about, oh, Australia would be a great place to go. But the way that they have handled the coronavirus, like lockdown stuff, is terrifying. It's really bad. I'm like really they have, bad. I don't know. So I guess there's a they time went, for choosing they, that. Yeah. They, well, as far as another place, there's never been a, a, a government formed whose founding principle was protecting the individual from the collective and from the government. And that's, that's what our founding was all about. Uh, well, there's another aspect to that too, because like, there's also, I think like some of the super right wing or like libertarian ish kind of people that get maybe, I don't want to say too individualistic, but kind of like there is also something about America that's been great, which is not been forced by the government, but like all of our founders mentioned, that the constitution was made for a moral and even religious people John is that Adams. we, we do owe something. Well, and they all mention it in some way, you know, even Jefferson, yeah. like they all talk about, so there's something else in America that's always been there. That's like gone or going away incredibly fast is our moral obligation to each other. Like, so we've got the individualism, but we've also always been, I don't know, just like a, a very moral people and um, united by that as well, you know, united one nation under God. And yeah. that is terrifying. That And the fact that they're calling Joe Biden the most religious, maybe the most religious president we've had ever in a hundred years. It's like, but but then there's always the caveat in those articles of what, but it's a different kind of, Catholicism that we've seen. Oh, well, what do you yeah. mean by that? Because he goes to Mass supposedly all the time. So what is it? What is he taking away from Mass? And, and this is where I wish, journal, you know, I wish so bad that I was like, well, I don't wish it, but if I was, let's say I didn't have my family, what I would want to do right now is investigative journalism. And I would want to dive into questions like this. Like, what is what is his Catholicism? I would want to, I don't know. That's one question I have. Let's get deeper into that. So well, you okay. keep saying this, that this is, you're very religious. And I want to know, what does that mean? What does it mean to you? And he's never going to answer that, obviously. But you see, so you'd have to kind of like look into it. Anyways, so but I it, do. But this one is easy. Uh, if you think of just logic, it's not, you know, some people will say, oh, uh, you you think you're a better Catholic than him, or this or that? And no, mm-hmm. no, not not saying that at all. Um, and it's not even that. What is that logical fallacy thing? That no true Scotsman thing. You know what that is? Yes, I do. Um, that and that's just like that ad hoc, like trying to rescue uh, some sweeping generalization where you say no true Scotsman. Uh, drinks out of a green cup and then the other person says well my cousin Seamus is a Scotsman and he drinks out of a green cup 
And then right. the first person's like, oh, what do I say? Oh, no, true Scotsman drinks mm-hmm. out of a green cup. So we're not we're not saying that as far as his Catholicism. Like no true Catholic doesn't feel this or that because yeah, because right. it, it, it's not it's not even about him. We every single Catholic on the planet has plenty of things that put them mm-hmm. uh, at odds with with the teachings and, and our and our dogma. But or even if they don't, that doesn't make you yeah. That's not more or less Catholic or not. But yes. when when there is a tenant that is not negotiable, uh, it's an absolute absolute teaching of the church and you're a public official and you basically just put out your middle finger about that very important teaching and it could be it doesn't have to be the abortion thing but that that's what this one is and uh, And then you have the sin of scandal which is because he is a public figure on top of it his continuation to go to mass and in certain dioceses receive the eucharist is potentially putting many more people in you know d- danger of mortal sin danger of having an abortion you know all these things so there's so much and, and so and so even, many people are saying how is he not excommunicated but, well and even even more than scandal etc that you're saying he he's actually not just saying well i'm i'm okay with them doing that i i personally wouldn't do it or whatever you know but he's actually providing massive, massive support, resources, money. He just signed one of his million executive orders saying that taxpayer money that that you and I pay into the Mm -hmm. tax base is going to be used to kill babies. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's way beyond just a personal, uh, what your personal belief is about the topic. You're, You're now actively not just using your own resources, but forcing everyone in this country to support it <laughs> that's and so just pure it, pure evil that's pure evil and i know it's not my position and it's not my job and it's above my head to say that he should be excommunicated but i do understand all the people who say that like why isn't the catholic church especially here in the u.s making some more of they should have already when he was vice president anyways a lot of people say and the only alternative, like, against his excommunication, that, or, or at least his, yeah, because excommunication, in case anybody doesn't know, is not just like a punishment. It's not supposed to just make him, like, ooh, this. It's, it's because his soul is in danger. It's a, right. it's a reparative measure, and he could right. repair his relationship with the church and come out of the excommunication, whatever that's called, by fixing whatever he's you know, in that schism, that state of excommunication by changing his position on that, you know, whatever. Um, And the only argument that I've heard, like, for not excommunicating somebody in, like, his state would be, and I don't don't even know if this was from priests or bishops, but that, I don't know, like, like, it would potentially cause a lot of Catholics leave the church like a lot um i mean what in this election there was still like 45 i don't remember the percent a lot of catholics voted for biden and uh, that's just a fact even, even a, including a bunch of dead ones that's true that's another yeah that's another problem 
So anyways, I don't know what that was all like a time for choosing. I feel like I also feel like a lot of Catholics and Christians right now are really, really, really frustrated with the fact that the most powerful Catholic in the country, the most prominent Catholic in the country is just making our faith look so bad by supporting the slaughter of all these children. And it's a huge yeah. issue. And President so, Trump, so, not a Catholic, did so much good. For the well, actually, Trump, Trump was even more than Ronaldus Magnus, Ronald Reagan. Trump was the best pro-life president this country's ever had. He was like, and that's one of the reasons for the the incredible, insane hatred of that man. Because um, we we do remember that abortion is their sacrament. Because um, their, yeah. their politics their politics is their religion. Speaking um, of a time for choosing, they believe on the right to choose to choose to kill the unborn. On, only on that one topic, you only get to choose to kill babies. You don't get to choose my body, like, my choice, unless this involves putting a dirty piece of cloth on my face. That is not my choice. I have well, to do that. We we don't have choices in a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of Trump for just a minute, and this is really bizarre that so many people, uh, every poll you find shows that north of 70% of Republicans and sizable portions of Democrats and a whole bunch of independents all believe the obvious truth that, that there was massive, massive voter fraud. And uh, you, can't, you can't publicly say these things now because the full might of the media, as we've, we're, we've all seen it, what it's done, they, that these tech people and, and just the massive sweep down on, and it, it brings me straight to the, the 1984 Orwell comparison stuff is we do have a big brother and it's, it's an oligarchy now. It's not, we're not a republic. We're not a democracy. We're an oligarchy where a small <clears throat> group of powerful people are in charge of everything. And just, just to prove my point about questioning elections, four short years ago, Several Democrat senators and congressmen and women uh, did the same thing that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley did this time. They contested the electoral results, and they did it formally the same way that just happened. But nobody said anything about it because it's their right to do that, and it's in our, it's in our government uh, processes. It's a legitimate thing. Well, and they but, contested that election for the entire freaking four years, for goodness sake. Like, that's ridiculous. It's all. Uh, just, I, I don't know. I guess any uh, honest, intellectually honest person who is on the left, I would love to have a very rational discussion on what is the difference. Why was it okay and now it's not? Why was I it don't, okay? I don't think most people that voted for Biden feel that it isn't okay. I think the gaslighting that's going on is constant. And I think that I would bet that 80% of the people who voted for Biden, like, really don't think that it's, they probably don't think it's okay that Trump got kicked off Twitter. 
I think 80% of the people who voted for Biden think that if they think, you know, if they really think about it, they're not like this. But that's the that's the thing is that small percent, that really hardcore leftist has for the last hundred years done and are still doing their due diligence of moving this country. They do it. They do it successfully all the time. We don't stop them. Right. So it's like we, yeah, we're acting like, and I feel like this is the worst it's ever been. And it's, it's just because it's constant from them. The, the left never stops the hardcore never. left. And they do a good job of convincing that other 80% of their people who vote their way to just come along with them because of the free stuff or because of whatever. They do a good enough job with gaslighting about Trump is so horrible. This is just evil. It's funny because even like Obama was against gay marriage, like not even that long ago. And you could never even say anything kind of like that and be in politics anymore or be anywhere, you know, let alone now it's the new thing is the gender doesn't exist thing. I mean, they never stop. It's always something. It's always, always, always something. And I guess it's kind of the, the, the epoch right now, this is like where it all comes together because now they're just trying to actually remove but they have also, I guess, always tried to remove people from from our side. But they're just way they they've gained so much more power now that they're actually able to do it. Um, well, and they by have the way, fairness doctrine, and I think about I think of the time when Rush first came to be, and what they tried to do to him. The only voice, the only person out there saying anything like right. against them. So I guess it's been this bad before with the gaslighting. We just didn't know it, you know, and since they're further left, you know, they just keep going further and further. It also feels even more like far away from like, like we're so I think it's good to say a time for choosing because it's almost like, and I, and I welcome this. It's getting to the point where, Oh, that's who you are. And this is who, and this is who Jesus is. And this is who I follow. And it's really different. Like, you know, back in the day, like, and Rush, Rush always says this, his job, because he always knew who they were, who the left was. And he's always considered it his number one job to inform people who the left really is, because they would do a better job of hiding it. But he knew, and a lot of people, you know, knew, like, I think, but they hit it better. You know, they would say things like God and I love God. I love my country. Yeah. They, they would wear a, a flag, but that didn't yeah. mean they were necessarily different. They've always been power hungry leftist people. Right. But now it's like getting pretty obvious that you really do have to pick a side. And I think they're really, really, really power hungry right now. And also feeling like, you know what? Maybe we do have, a majority of this country with us. Like, let's do it. Let's go for broke. And they're That's going they, for broke. They are. Um, so Biden ran it's almost like the perfect setup. They they spent four years attacking, deranged attacks on the president, on Trump. And and the media just talk about the useful idiots. Boy, um, they're stenographers. And what, what, and what you said about gaslighting, so they, they did that, right? So they made it, oh, there's all this discord in the country. Why is there discord? Um, 
because of that gaslighting. And then Biden comes along and, and he's this, you know, this old Uncle Joe and he just all he talked about was unity, unity. Well, now we know exactly what unity means. Unity means we listen to them and shut our mouth. And that's unity. That's, that's what that means. And, and also, it, that's you, not an gas, exaggeration. <laughs> and then the gaslighting is Trump signed like 12 executive orders total or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Super, very small like number. One on his first day versus 17. Exactly. And one is fascism. 17 is, oh man, what a boring president. This is like so normal and like. It's, it's so bad that the New York Times, which is as far left as they get, the New York Times published a uh, editorial criticizing the speed and and the uh, all of these executive orders. I mean, their version of criticizing it, I guess. But and so right away they got attacked by who is she the communication director of, of Biden's team, Kate Bedingfield, she, she slammed the New York Times because in an editorial, they made like a little hint that maybe Biden should ease up a little on these executive apps. I mean, they put stuff in there like, well, of course we understand that you have to get rid of a lot of bad Trump stuff, but, you know, maybe, uh, what, what did they say? They said, this is no way to make law. A polarized, narrowly divided Congress may offer Mr. Biden a little choice but to employ executive action. However, this is a flawed substitute for legislation. Oh, yeah, I didn't actually, hear that. That's great. Well, they retracted it. They got attacked. They're sorry. They'll never speak. They'll never, ever again do any, anything remotely like that. Um, meanwhile, he's sitting there with that silly mask on, signing, just opening folders, signing, closing folders. Reporters are hollering questions out, and he refuses to answer any of them. He just keeps saying, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. And he pats the desk. I'm, I'm watching this video of him right now. We got a lot to do. And he pats the desk. We got a lot to do. Let's go. I got to go. Talk to you guys later. Thank you. It's like, what is going on here? This is like, a monarch that was just installed and he's he's got his all of his people and he's announcing all these decrees <laughs> what what the actual hell is happening and as usual america is busy uh playing video games and not giving a crap that that our republic and and why is republic such a bad word is republic such a bad word because mainly because of federalism and you know how that Reagan speech, he, that Cuban guy said, nowhere else to go. Well, what what did the founders call federalism? They called it, uh, they called the individual states laboratories of democracy. Where, and that's how they've been for the most part. If, if they're doing something in Ohio and you live there and you really hate it, you can go to Pennsylvania or Tennessee or somewhere else because each each state under federalism has their own Republican form of government. Now, I mean, I don't mean like the party. I mean, smaller Republican, like a republic, where they have an, an executive, a legislature, and a judiciary. <laughs> and, and so they make their own laws, right? And, and, and 
Vermont, they going to do this. And now everything's being dictated from the Oval Office and from uh, not even Congress anymore. Congress is happy to let uh, the dictator go. So, so what I, you go? crazy. I mean, what the executive branch is doing is nuts. Like this is not executive order had such a limited purpose, and it is it's wild. And I mean, it makes sense because the legislature, the Democrats want him to do it this way. They're fine with it because then when they are doing their constant campaigning for reelection, none of that crap is on them. You know, that's the point of a legislature. You're answerable to your constituents. But now it's just like, oh, well, those are just executive orders. It is what it is. Like, it's really nuts. It's really like parliament uh, with the king. Like, they just, whatever, whatever he wants. And they're it's, just it's nothing. Staggering. They're it's, they're just sit, sitting there holding this stupid formal he, hearings to nowhere. Even with Trump, I'm very. Is there something I'm disappointed in? It's the freaking what didn't happen with the tech people. Like br- brought them down there for show trials like a billion times, and nothing, nothing happened. I think it's quite telling that you know in his time in his presidency. He, it, it did seem like they were trying to get something done on uh, these these guys, and his presidency ended with him getting banned from one of them, like the yeah. the leader of the free world. Right. I think that kind of shows you who really has the power right now. They the absolutely tech, did. The, the tech people and that so that that <clears throat> whole like you said that little group of the celebrities. You've got your it used to be Hollywood, but who cares about them right now? They're there too. Sure, why not? But the real power and money and celebrities are the the tech people and and then the government workers, you know, the ones that make it to be celebrities themselves. So what I said about uh, the difference between when the Democrats um, contested Trump's election versus a few Republicans contesting this election, um, the exact same thing, but portrayed through the gaslighting and all that entirely different way. The same thing between when you look at the BLM and Antifa, we have had, we're in eight months of complete anarchy. Uh, you want to talk about insurrection, the, the, our, the, the legal definition of insurrection is an armed resistance. It's actually trying to take over government, not a couple guys with like Viking horns on and uh, goofballs, but, this this John Sullivan guy that got arrested uh, for the storming of the Capitol on January 6th, he's a he's a BLM Antifa uh, riot leader, well known, and he got arrested. His brother turned him in. Um, there were many Antifa and BLM agitators there that day. Not that all of them were. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this thing that happened that day was just some spontaneous act of idiocy. Um, meanwhile, for eight months, we've had actual insurrectionists. In, in fact, while they were doing the impeachment this time for Trump, this whatever number impeachment this one is, um, while that was happening in Portland and Seattle, Antifa and BLM were firebombing a federal courthouse. And I, I, I'm just 
Hearing I well, I personally refused to be one of the people who says that that Capitol thing was the worst thing that's ever happened. It's the most horrible. It's so uh, ridiculous. I'm very sorry that five people died that day. Really, truly, like it's it's very sad, and I think that. Um, it was obviously a one-off because um, people on the right have been having protests and rallies and Trump rallies and all this stuff for five years, and there's never been anything like that. They don't Ever. even leave. They don't even leave uh, trash behind. They clean up their their candy wrappers when they leave. Um, and, there, but there have been over the past eight months. There have been. I think it's like 20 or a little more people that have been murdered at these BLM Antifa riots. Uh, 700 police officers have been injured, including some cops killed. Uh, what was the, the billion number? But Into the billions of dollars of property damage. And literally the attacking of government institutions, which is, insurrection and and you and you see like kamala harris should definitely be up for impeachment based on incitement of actual incitement like actually calling for people to continue the only thing you have on pelosi did the same thing the only thing you have on trump on tape is him saying the exact opposite you're gonna have a really tough time pretty sure the uh heated rhetoric as they say is uh all over the place wherever you go and the fact that, I don't know, it, I just. So a, a quick segue from, from that, the, the last eight months of riots. So if you remember, uh, one of the key things that was happening during the height of those riots was the taking down of history, statues, mm-hmm. uh, all of that, right? George Orwell wrote, he who controls the past controls the future and who controls the present controls the past. So they are systematically wiping out our history. They have this uh, far left 1619 project thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Biden's executive orders was to cancel a uh, president Trump initiative called the 1776 project where it was encouraging uh actual history being taught to American kids like it used to be. So they're, they're controlled. They're trying to control the past because they know that people who control the past control. The they've future. also been extremely successful at that because they've been running <clears throat> the freaking education system in this country for 50 for, years, for 50 yeah. years and destroying people's brains at the higher level first. And then now everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Um, you know, that's I the, that is the your... one good thing about the pandemic, I have to say, is I do believe a lot of parents are going to realize, you know, homeschooling yeah. or like this other, you know, private school or whatever uh, might be the better choice. Well, um, your own state now, as far as crazy, I know you're a teacher <laughs> in your own state, but uh, this thing with the third graders being taught to rate their privilege and how bad they are because of who they are and what color they are? You know of what I speak here? No, but it doesn't surprise me. What is it, like a test or something that they have to take when they enter third grade? 
Oh, why didn't I look for that one before we started? Uh, oh, here it is. They 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 are making they're making third graders uh, rank their privilege in order to deconstruct their white privilege and their identities, and they are being forced to rank themselves according to their privilege. And this is in Cupertino, California, where all good things start. And they teach, they're teaching the third graders about their social identities. And this is during math class, by the way, because some, somehow this is math. This is, must be the, the new common core math. Um, but they teach them about the dominant culture of white, cisgendered, Christian, English speakers who are holding on to power and oppressing other people. These are third graders in a math class being taught this. And then they force them to read about uh, the, the new anti-racism and the white colonizers. <clears throat> mm -hmm. it's, it's, so, it's so horrifying. Um, anyone who read 1984 growing up, even you know, like 30 years ago, you'd be like, oh yeah, some of this stuff I could see. But now it's, it's, it's literally, a, it's like a, a perfect description. All of the terms that Orwell came up with, like Big Brother, Double Think, Thought Crimes, New Speak, 2 plus 2 equals 5, Down the Memory Hole. Which of those is not happening right now? They, they're all happening right now. But, you know, <clears throat> I, I was just thinking about it. It's funny because um, it's like we really know our place. And that that's the other thing about our Constitution that's so great. What I mean is, like, um, so when something happens, like the capital city riot or whatever, um, we all apologize and we feel bad and we take our lumps, even Trump, you know, he was like, okay, he's like, you never actually, that was like the last day you heard any big stuff from him. You know, he was big and bold that morning. And I don't believe that's just because he actually thought something was going to happen. Maybe he did, but I think that's just him, you know, he is who he is. But it's like when something actually goes wrong, we take our punishment or we take our whatever and we're like, sorry. It it shows kind of like our place. I feel like it shows that we let them too much run the narrative. All, like we just allow Always. it. Nobody Always. stands up and says, you go F yourself. Like, well, Rand Paul did. I was going to say Rand Paul. That's so funny you say that. That is the one person in my mind. That, my mind keeps coming back to Rand Paul because he seems to be, and I know Cruz and Holly, but they kind of even like kind of, I don't know. And I understand because they're getting like, look what's happening to them. No, Cruz, but, is, Cruz is doubling down. He's telling them, bring it. I just heard him. a long interview with him. But Rand Paul and, stood up on the on the floor of the Senate. And he said, uh, we're going to impeach him for inciting him. Let me just read what he said. And then he read the actual quote that President Trump said. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to go peacefully and make your voices heard. Mm -hmm. Peacefully. He told them. He literally told them to be peaceful. Literally. Well, and I've heard Rand Paul saying lots of things. He's actually going, um, he says he's going state to state to the legislatures to talk to them about clearing their roles, about all yeah. the things that needs to happen in the state mm -hmm. because I'm sorry, he's not going to Rand Paul is really cool in so many different ways. But in this situation right now, I feel like he is just a clear head that is needed because, you know, so often like somebody like Trump, it's the media does such a, it has such an easy job of 
cartoonifying him and for you know it's it's easy for them to just say oh he's just whatever he's such a he's so loud he's so obnoxious he's so whatever and yeah. people are like yeah he really is whatever you know somebody like Rand Paul he's so smart he's a doctor and all the you know but he's just so level-headed too so I think he's a good it's really good that he's out there um being a voice and also it's it's, it's almost like divinely in in, in, some, in a lot of ways the places he's been like he was actually at the baseball game where Steve Scalise was almost killed because yeah. of Bernie supporters showing up and trying to blow away like 20 congressmen that's legitimate and, like he's been he was- there and his next door neighbor, a deranged uh, leftist, uh, beat him severely and put him in the hospital. And he and his wife were attacked by the mob in yep. D.C. that day. Just a little uh, while back. So, yeah, a couple of weeks. Uh, a couple months it? now, I think. Yeah. It was, but what was it got... after? I don't know. It was before the election, I think. I remember it. But anyways, yeah, he's been around. And yet he's. So he's able to offer, I feel like, a really clear, and he's also just the way he talks. Like I, I, I'm so ready for more voices like that. That's what we all need to be. We all need to be rational, and not go with the gaslighting. You can't let your brain be overtaken. Yeah, you got to exactly. shut off. So time for choosing to me because I don't have a lot of time left. But one thing that I'm choosing, I'm going to choose to not re-up my um, Prime membership this time around. I'm done we with can't, it. We, we canceled Amazon. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... That's going to be really hard. <laughs> but And I don't watch any of their stuff or do anything except shopping, but it's probably for the best, I guess, with shopping too. But anyway, so uh, I'm going to choose to uh, engage less with... Uh, social media stuff and I already have chosen lots of things like I don't have cable anymore I only pretty much um I pick and choose the little things that we want like you know we have I'm mad at myself because we bought an apple tv and then I just apple yeah (sighs) but yeah we all have a lot of choices to make and we all have a lot of things we need to be thinking about right now from uh, that Reagan speech that we started with, um, this is in 1964, um, and Reagan quoted one uh, Senator Fulbright, who was a liberal, and they you could used to call him that, I guess. He said this this senator in 1964 said the Constitution is outmoded, and then that same senator referred to President Johnson as quote our moral teacher. And and then he said that the president is hobbled in his task by the restrictions of power imposed on him by this antiquated document. He must be freed so that he can do for us what he knows is best. And then another senator at the same time said uh, liberalism is, it means meeting the material needs of the masses through the full power of centralized government. So They've been saying this for over, they've been saying it for a hundred years since the progressive movement started, but that's, that's what they, that's, that's how they roll and they're not going to shrink. Yeah. Like you said it, um, when, when the left gets in power, they wield that power. And when Republicans get power, they apologize. So hopefully... And I can't rely on hope, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call to myself. I plan on 
trying to join my school board as soon yeah that's what i was going to say is is i think that the choosing part is all of us that all politics are are local and what does our church teach um uh, subsidiarity is the concept of decisions being made at the lowest possible level and it speaks of that that starts with the family and then the local and that's how the left rose to power by the way slowly but surely this this school district in cupertino california that those are local local school board members that put that garbage out there um that's where all this crap starts and that's how they've gotten the power they've gotten because they've been doing that and we have not well and people you know people we're human we're all human so you know people um the left is so smart about this they know that so you like you say you you start locally you get this crazy concept out there and it builds and builds and builds and then you know you would think well what how do the liberals and democrats in like arkansas or wherever else when they hear about this stuff well how do they just go along with it because the left does such a good job of of gaslighting for one and convincing you everybody thinks this way come on you know right and And if you don't, don't it's a thought crime and that's not – I don't think we should be doing things that way, but I do think we should be changing hearts and minds as locally as we can, as, as often as we can. I think it's it, – so if people think, well, I guess everybody thinks that way, I should too, but if you're out there as a voice, if you're out there speaking to people, not going down this way, or, you know, I've always been that this way anyways, Um like in college and stuff, you know, I've always been that one weird person who, but I know I'm not. That's why I've always been confident to do that, to speak out because I know I'm not, I'm just speaking for people who get rolled, like, and they just go along with it. That's In fact, I've noticed that my whole life, not, everything's high school or grade school. Everything's the same. There's nothing new under the sun. And I remember my whole life has been this way. You have, And I've gone along and done bad things because I thought, well, everybody's doing whatever. And it's just a continuation of that. And, and so right now, the, in my opinion, the bad guys are in power and it's, and they're going to convince a lot of people that it's okay to do a lot of bad things. And, and we have to keep on trucking and keep convincing more and more people of the right way to think and the right things to do. Well, and it could it could involve losing my job. My job, I could definitely see me losing my job one day because they're gonna make us. They're gonna make me do stuff, and and we all have to be ready at any point to choose to stand Which up and show. say, no, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna do that. You know, Saint, speaking of another Saint Thomas, Saint Thomas More. Yeah, it's he wasn't well, against the king. They were friends. But he right. had his principles and his morals, and he said, um, "No, I, I'm, I'm not going to grant your whatever marriage thing for the king." And he, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that. So right. we all have to. We're so we're all probably going to. So it, one thing that I am choosing and have for a while is whenever I hear someone that I'm talking to refer to us as a democracy, I'm going to correct them because. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty big deal. Um, John Marshall, who was one of our most famous chief justices way back early, I think he was like the third or fourth chief justice of the Supreme Court. He said, between a balanced republic and a democracy, 
the difference is like that between order and chaos. Um, our founders went out of their way to explain in the Federalist Papers and elsewhere how dangerous a democracy is and how they wanted nothing to do with a democracy. John Adams said, democracy never lasts. It wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy that did not commit suicide. Um, so we're not a democracy. We're a republic. We don't act like it right now, but we are. And what that really means is we as individuals still have power, but it has to start at our local level. Right. So, we have to remind. And you know what? I know it seems like the Supreme Court has done very little and the courts have done very little, but maybe at the end of all of this, maybe if we do locally change things like, we're, you know, how many Republicans, if we just if like if you just go to your local, you know, if you start very small and you go to some of your local city councils and all this, wherever you see yourself, pray about it. See, where would I fit in? Where could I fit in? You're going to start to realize, like uh, my husband, he was working for somebody for a while and he was going to the city council meetings um, in our city next door to us here. And it's a big city. I mean, I don't know how population, but it's a pretty big city. And you would think like, well, there's got to be some, the people there have got to be super smart or super, they're just regular people. And they're, some of them are, there's not that many of people there. And you realize, wow, this few of people are controlling the government in this area and they're making huge decisions and they're making things happen. And it's like, like you said, with the school board thing, but like, I feel like people, you know, we all get busy and we have our lives and everything like that. But if you, I think this election hopefully will teach the Republicans, we got to change things. Like, local, we got to work, we got to learn our, study our stuff and go make it happen because that's what the left has been doing. They have been, in fact, they've been paying people to do it. Um, that's another yeah. thing that they have. They have, you know, they'll pay, they get all this pay, paid volunteer, like the, the people who were doing the, the election stuff this year, they're paid they just they're so organized they're so driven they're so motivated for power we don't want power on our side and i think that's our problem that's not a problem that's good but we have to realize that we're about to get overtaken i mean we are in a lot of ways already but luckily the constitution does technically keep us from this so if we can grab back if we can grab that horse and 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 wrangle that that power back where it belongs the Constitution does back us up for that, and we can stop this stuff. Like these executive orders, if anybody would just stand up, half of them are probably unconstitutional. So, well, one of them's already one of them. Texas already took them to court on one, and and they won a temporary court, Texas one, and that was okay. on the, the deportation one. Uh, but everything that Trump did was immediately <clears throat> taken to court. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just want a comparison, any, anyone listening who thinks that we're being hyperbolic about these executive orders, on day one, the first two days of his presidency, Trump issued one executive order. One. Trump, the dictator, remember him? Uh, Obama, who the right liked to call a dictator, he did two. Biden did 17. 17. Well, don't you know that he had to because of all the horrible things Trump had done? And and 22 in the first week. In one week. And now he's up to 40. 
he's up to 40. Sure. So there's not going to be any delay on the tax increases? No, well... Sure. So there's not going to be any delay on the tax increases? No, well, i got to get the votes. i got to get the votes. That's why, you know, I, the one thing that I, I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. I, well, if that's not scaring the crap, okay, here we go. Biden, first week in office, 22. Trump, 4. Obama, 5. W. Bush, 0. Clinton, 2. Bush Sr., 1. Reagan, 0. Jimmy Carter, 1. So if you add up all the rest, they come to 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. They come to 13. So the seven presidents prior to this guy. Add it up. Don't equal it. They're, they're half. All added together, they're half of what Biden has done in one week. And, and he's they, and, that and record now. He's and they're freaking drunk with their power right now. So I do hope, as they always do, I hope they're overreaching to the point that 2022 is just a complete annihilation. But it's like more than that, I hope, I hope that people are informing themselves. I hope people, there's 75 million people that voted for Trump that are pissed about everything. Like, I, like us, I hope. And I hope more and more. Like I said, I know there's good-hearted people that voted for Biden because they just believed, you know, that Trump was evil. It's, let's go back to whatever. Like, they're not necessarily bad people. Um, they're not power-hungry people, you know. So I just, we got to get out there. We've got to talk to them. we got to talk to everyone. We can't be afraid to learn and study and share and locally make changes and i vow right here to make changes i'm going i have a really small um baby and i got three kids like at three one and zero so i'm i am busy and we're all busy but i'm gonna keep it in my mind and keep trying to first of all i don't know that much about local politics i vow to get more engaged with local politics in some way i'm going to learn it more i want to know more what's going on locally so I'm going to start there, and I hope everybody out there will do that too. Know what's going on in your area, and and hopefully God will lead me and all of us to, to where we fit in. You know, we all have a, I think, a part to play, and whatever that that means for everyone's going to be different. But we just can't sit there anymore and just say screw it. And I I'm worried that a lot of Trump people are just going to say screw it. it doesn't matter. We can't do that. The Constitution gives us the, the power. We have to get it back. I'm and, so... and anyone listening who's still liberty-minded, because that's the real word here, it's liberty. It's not mm-hmm. equity, the word, their, their power word right now. It's liberty. Um, read Google, not Google, go to like DuckDuckGo or some non-totalitarian <laughs> uh, search engine, but look up a man named Horatio bunch, B-U-N-C-E, Horatio, H-O-R-E-T-I-O, and just read about it. Uh, he had a famous conversation with Davy Crockett, famous old Alamo guy, Davy Crockett, who prior to that was a U.S. congressman. It's one of the best stories, and it's a great story to 
to teach your kids about. And once you read it, it's not a long story. Um, Horatio Bunce, you're going to want to be him. And so that's what we all should be, Horatio Bunce. You can that's call a great me, piece of advice. You can call me Horatio for short. It's going to be my new nom de guerre. Let's go my, out on My that. war name. And Everyone one last thing. Go out there and, talk, and learn about Horatio Bunce. Bunce? <clears throat> B-U-N-C-E. It's it's a fantastic story. Uh, it taught Davy Crockett a lesson that he needed to learn, and he's the one who told the story. So when Davy Crockett speaks, we should listen. I love it. All right. You said one more thing. What what what's your one more thing? Um, the the frame the framing over the last year, going on a year now, is that. Our speech, people on our side, is considered violence. And the people on the left, their violence is considered speech. And the proof in that is how they repeatedly have called them mostly peaceful protests. I'm talking about the riots. Yep. Um, but, when, but when we say something, they need a safe space. They need trigger warning before they can listen to words from us because our words are violence and their violence is speech. So we there's, need to get bolder, the... bolder. We need boldness. We all need to be Trumps. I had this idea of all of us on Twitter changing our picture to be Trump's picture. And if everyone that was a Trump supporter <laughs> or even just a supporter of Liberty. And what I mean is not to like deify him or anything like that. It's just, right. It's, it's, if we could just be half as unified as those people on the left, you know, we 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 are and we were, but we always apologize. We're like, okay, okay, because they start freaking out like a kid having a temper tantrum. We're just like, okay, just shut up, fine, have whatever you want. That's what yep. we've been doing. So. We need to be bold. Come on, people, let's do it. Let's get bold. <laughs> let's all be Trump. All right. All right, Pop. Thanks for the talk. Good, good game. All right, people. Bye. Keep moving forward and reading Horatio Blender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rev than dead, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis didn't die in vain. Can there be a day beyond this night? I don't know anymore what is true. I can't find my direction.
imagine I'm all alone The only star that guided me was you How to rise from the floor When it's not you I'm rising for Just do the next right thing down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.